Hello and welcome to the first episode of 2021 of the UK Airshow Review podcast, the podcast we started when we had no airshows to review. My name is Sam Wise. On the UCAR forums, I'm known as Wissam24. And joining me tonight are... Ian Garfield, known as Ian G on the forum. Dan Ledwood, known as Leadhead27 on the forum. And I'm Dominic Vickery, known as Dom Vickery on the forum. Yes. Crushed it. Boom. Yeah, that... I I, was, I sort of paused there just expecting Carnage. something to have gone wrong. Um, new new like year, it. new us. Yeah, new new year, new us. I guess uh, we're fully in the midst of lockdown. It's end of January or near the end of January, twenty twenty one. The future is bleak. It's, uh, spirits are low. It's snowing in Scotland. <laughs> it's snowing in Scotland. It's raining in London. How's everyone doing? Birmingham's yeah, amazing. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> Wow. Racist. <laughs> no, I'm good. Um, it's as we were saying just before we we came online. It's just it's just wearisome now. It's it's yeah. it's literally it's boring. Groundhog Day. Um, well, it, it, I'm going to stop you there, Dan. It isn't literally Groundhog Day. It's like all Groundhog all Day. All right. All right. This isn't actually. This isn't actually. I'm the, actually Bill Murray. Uh, so. What 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 year was Groundhog Day? Nineteen eighty nine. Nineteen eighty nine movie Groundhog Day starring Bill Murray. Oh, that was quick. Um, and what's her name? I don't know why I checked my phone. Wait, was it nineteen eighty nine? Was Danny even born in nineteen ninety three? No, I wasn't even born. Wow. No, he wasn't. Oh, get out. Um, I thought it was a lot earlier than nineteen ninety three. And me, I thought it was nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. Well, yeah, you did. Um. Actually, they started it in 1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1989-1
I that, don't true, believe that. That's, true story. That's, that's bollocks. Allegedly. <laughs> I that's that stretches my my willing to believe my willingness to believe. I'm afraid. Apparently so. Hey, well, you know what Big Al says: dogs can't look up. So yeah. he also says. <laughs> I'm so glad someone got that reference. Oh dear! So as you can tell, that nothing has happened in the plane world since we last did an episode. <laughs> <laughs> We've managed to get. Well, actually, no. No, that's not true. Happened. I suppose the if if anything has happened, well, actually, literally today, the um, Austrian sub one hundred five retired. So there's that. Um, Rit F's in the yeah. chat. Um, the, of, I mean, I mean, this sort of leads into what we really probably only can talk about today. But um, we're, we're going to be looking forward to sort of the next year and what might be happening, what could happen, what we think will happen. Um, I forget when it was, but obviously there was sort of sort of confirmation that the A10 dem- display demos will be going to React hmm. if it happens. Not just React when? as well, which is and Flying Legends. Sorry, and and Flying Legends yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, Legends Legends as well. yeah, 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 yeah. The A10 Heritage yeah. Heritage flight. <laughs> Core. Rather have a her- the Heritage flight. Wait, the Heritage flight with well, the A10. Yeah. But not, but not the F thirty five, presumably. Fingers crossed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I, I laugh. But I'm, I don't disagree. Well, I, in the I, I think the idea is. To be is, fair, I would take it. Yeah, yeah I think no, the idea it. is a ten Thunderbolt and P forty seven Thunderbolt is what we, what I'd like to see. Oh my god, that would actually be unbelievable. And it's doable. I mean, or, or a P thirty eight and have your Thunderbolt and Lightning, but Thunderbolt and Lightning very good. But no, I, I could definitely there. see. Um, no, I, I, with 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 Nelly in the country, I could definitely see um, uh, the the A10 and P47. That'd be an amazing combo. Absolutely. That would actually be a fantastic. Uh, uh, assuming all this goes ahead, of course. But that would be an incredible coup for the UK scene as well. I think, particularly in this year of all years, we should do our own air show with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> what SR71s and Me6s? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Just be toy planes. Meow. You say well, there was the guy that did that last year, wasn't there? Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Good point. Mm. Uh, yeah, but we'll do it with real planes because we're bigger <laughs> and smarter. No offense to that guy who actually put on a very entertaining video. Was fair play to him, but Sam, uh, hang on. Ian just said blackjack and hookers. Did you just say SR seventy one and why did you say SR seventy six? Why did you say SR seventy one for blackjacks? Oh. Oh, so that's shit. been another episode of the UK oh, Show Review no. podcast. You got holy, oh Sam! <laughs> I I have no words. I have no excuses. Go. There'll be an email with an edit coming to me. <laughs> Can you just edit that? Yeah, yeah. At the, uh, yeah at the end Seven of this, minutes, I'll just, I'll just fifteen I'll, seconds. The end of this, I'll, at the end of two one sixties. Sam, you're the biggest lover of two six as well, and you managed to that one. Uh, this what literally one of my Easy favourite planes. Uh, I'm I'm actually disgusted with myself. It shows how out of the loop we are with aviation at the moment. I think so. 
It's having so. an effect on you. Except actually, what? you should have left it in, not m- made any fuss of it, see if anybody picked up. Oh, anything. sorry. Uh, they're, they're, our big, our biggest fans would uh, have picked up. true. I've got a book about the Blackjack over Christmas as well, actually. Oh, that's a... Here we go. What did, did anyone actually get anything aviation-related for Christmas? I know we're, like, halfway through January now, but... And it's... No. Did anyone get anything, apart from Sam's book? Well, I got I got more than a book. One book, got... actually. I, um... I got about... I got a veritable library of books from my boss, um, because, you know... Certainly, Dan, I've told before about how our work likes to take us for big Christmas days out every year. Um, with things like, you know, ice skating and caviar tasting and galleries and, you know, all very, um, yeah, all very fancy, uh, all fancy stuff for fancy people is how I like to put it. What are you going um, there? <laughs> I walked into that one and I can't say I didn't deserve it. Um, but no, this year, uh, or last year, he got us all, pre- because obviously we couldn't go out and do something, so he got us all big gifts, and I mean, I don't, you know, I don't want to say I pigeonhole myself, but he got me a lot of books about Soviet planes and Soviet architecture, um, which were so cool. What was the Soviet architecture one again? Well, uh, with the Soviet architecture, there was one that was like a photo study of Soviet architecture in general, if I remember correctly. And then there were two Soviet bus stops, Soviet metro stations and holidays in Soviet sanatoriums. Which was very cool. Which are genuinely cool books. Like I'm not I'm not even joking, they're actually very cool books. What's a san- um, what a sanatorium? Sanatorium is like a Not a sanitarium. Like, <laughs> no Well, same word. Um they're like health spas so in eastern europe there's this thing about sanitarium sanatorium sanitariums which are like health spas um they're not like mental health places um and then i got a book so sukhoi soviet interceptors which i actually already have i have to confess so i've sold that and that's what i got the 2160 with i hope my boss isn't listening (laughs) but i already had that one and then it got me the mig 23 mig 27 uh so so if anyone is into their soviet aircraft v authority like v leading authority books wise is yefim gordon and uh dmitry komisarov and they usually write as a pair and their books are like the books they they've covered almost every soviet sort of plane and helicopter and everything you would want and they're sort of like the go-to name for anything about soviet aircraft so pretty much anything in that range is going to have their name on it so got me the mig 23 mig 27 216 um oh what was the other one damn i can't remember what the other book he got me that was now it was a good one anyway and then i got for christmas wooden spitfire oh nice which i haven't put did you get that from the you didn't get that from the company i worked for no i got that from disappointed got that from my mum Actually, so they're actually really cool. Oh, nice. I've got um, I've got an F fifteen. What yeah. wooden one? What yeah. a wooden one? Well, yeah, not an actual one. Put it together yet? Cause... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're, they're getting long in the tooth. So I, I haven't put it together yet because I'm going to need to put it. So I could put it on top of my mm. computer. I don't know. I think. Um, I mean, I, I actually had a very lean Christmas for aviation gifts. I think I got some socks with some planes on. 
but I ended up buying myself the 50th anniversary book, which I'm sure a lot of people yeah. ended up buying or, or getting for Christmas. Um, it arrived last week. Um, I had a flick through it, and it is it's so good. Um, the the pictures alone are awesome, just to flick through sort of the late 80s, early 90s stuff. Um, the one bit that I did find kind of entertaining is in the write-up for React 2011, I think like the opening paragraph is, they obviously talk about how they had Alexandra Burke and had like, uh, yeah, we kind of screwed up on that one. It was, I kind of liked it because it was kind of, yeah, we, we didn't, we shouldn't have done that. There's some, there's some good was, candid stuff in it, isn't there? Yeah, it is very, yeah, yeah that's a, a, a good way to describe it. It's very candid. It was very, you know, like, all right, we cocked it up sort of thing. But it's a brilliant book. If anyone's not got it yet, then I'd fully recommend it. It's a lovely big book as well. Everyone likes a big I haven't got it. book. It is, it is a quality book. I haven't got it. Hmm. I gen- I'd honestly, Dom, I'd pick it up. It is a really, yeah. really good quality. It's actually written by uh, Ben Donnell off the UCARB podcast. Um, Shout out to the previous it, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> no, it is it's quality. There's some really, really interesting stuff. I haven't I haven't really pent thumbed through it that much to be yet to be honest. But one that stood out in particular was either ninety two or ninety three, but was when, um, oh, what's his name, and Natalie Karayev or something. Uh, the 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 test pilot. the test pilot who came with the two one three four and famously flew down the length of the runway with it at the same level while it landed. Um, and the, just the, the backstory to that, both that, the whole of him getting over and then him being there and the stories around, ah, oh, amazing. And there's some brilliant stuff in there. Really, really good stuff. I was just saying, Sam, whilst you were away, the, the, the photographs alone in it are mm-hmm. awesome as well. Mm-hmm. And it's not just the pictures of the airplanes, it's the whole setup of the show mm-hmm. and stuff some nice photos in it but yeah that's a big 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 recommend from me i was disappointed because i did ask for a book which i didn't get because it was out of stock interestingly called adolf's british holiday snaps which is a collection of uh, images <laughs> don't look at me like that sam <laughs> it's a collection of images that ian uh, cut this bit out <laughs> <laughs> it's um images that were found um towards the end of the war uh, as the british advanced uh, sorry, as the Allies advanced through Germany. And it, it's basically aerial photographs of Great Britain from the uh, start of the war, etc. And there's some really interesting stuff, actually. For my interest in uh, mapping and surveying, uh, seeing what the country was like at the start of the war, um, but all this stuff was really classified as well. Um, so they had no idea that these photos had been taken. And some of the pictures in it are supposed to be... Uh, really great detail as well so quite disappointing because it's out of stock everywhere and i can't find it so. if you if you're into mapping and surveying like you might like the book that i'm reading at the moment the looking down the corridors one hmm. i think there'd be a lot of, in, of inter- ch- cause, cause, i mean it's less mapping and surveying so much but it is about that aerial photography and aerial surveying of, yeah. of east germany and all that sort of stuff i'd, I'd recommend that really really interesting hmm. is that the one on the gato chipmunks well the, the gato chipmunks yeah. obviously or gato Gato, or, or I remember, oh, I remember when, when we it? went to the oh, museum yeah. there, and the, the taxi driver was very insistent on how it was pronounced, but I don't know. Oh, right. to embarrass myself doing it again. Um, but yeah, it's got those chipmunks, but it's so funny. But it covers the French, and the Americans as well. The French less so because 
uh, a they're still very secretive about it and b they did less photography stuff and it was more SIGINT and electronic intelligence but it makes me laugh that when you had the americans like custom building hercules's with stuff inside and using like C-97s and all that sort of stuff for corridor reconnaissance. And then the British were doing the same with Percival Pembrokes. <laughs> <laughs> Just chugging along. It's a good read. Actually, it's very, very interesting. And there are some really interesting stories that come out of it. Recommend that hmm. one. Looking down the corridors, I can't remember who it's by. We'll have to pop, pop some links in the, yeah. uh, in the description for the podcast. Yeah, that's probably. Um, well, we could do a podcast on. Well, but what we just make this an episode Aviation about books. books we've read? Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, Ian, have you have you watched the YouTube channel Map Men? No, I haven't actually. You should. You, it's. You, I mean, they're short. It's not. It, it's. They're sort of half comedy, half informative, but they're really good. Um, and the most recent one they did was about sort of on that topic was about why. Russia and Poland have the best maps of Britain in the world um, because obviously they did like they made maps of for invasion and stuff like that. And it may be you, what, what you were saying about Hitler's what, what was it called? Uh, Adolf's British Holiday Snaps. It's it's, <laughs> it's such a stupid title because you think it's like a, a Mickey Mouse kind of book, but it's really informative actually. It is really good. It's the same, it's got a bit of a, a naff title. But... So it's not actually pictures of him at Western Supermap here? No, no, no. With a, with a Got it. knotted <laughs> handkerchief and his bucket bits, of, bits of ice cream stuck on his moustache. Riding a donkey. He's <laughs> 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 getting his towel out on the beach. <laughs> We've digressed so badly. So who's planning on going to Riet this year if it happens? I'm already booked up. I've rolled over my ticket for next year. I've got my annual leave booked up. So if it goes ahead, I am there. Be it. Do you know what? Yeah. Um, I've been thinking about this. And as nice as it would be to go to Riet again, I'm actually considering... Because I, if it does go ahead, it, I think we'd be kidding ourselves if it, if it was ever going to be on the scale that it has been previously. Um, I just can't see it happening personally. Mm. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be corrected and, you know, things can change a lot between now and July. Obviously, the plans have to be put in way in advance. So I think we'll start see, hearing stuff soon. Um, but I'm actually considering doing Flying Legends instead just because, you know, new venue, something a bit different. Well, when, when would that be? Um, Are they not um, a, week, a week Hang on. Apart? Cause, uh, I think they're a week apart. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't expect that to be really any different in terms of scale and cutback and likelihood of happening. Um, Flying Legends is 10th to the 11th of July. So, week before. Week before. Yeah. Um, we need to talk about, uh, we'll talk about later on the new venue. Don't think we put face on that. Legends, we? No, we, we we didn't really talk about it much, did we? Well, it, well, it sort of happened after, was it December, wasn't yeah. it? Mm. But yeah, I'm all booked. If it goes ahead, yeah, I'm there. But... Yeah, I've, I've, I've got tickets and accommodation, but the thing is, obviously, if it... it we, so this is something that we've all talked about in, our, in the chat group on WhatsApp. 
and it, you know scale and the, from from two points of view and we we were sort of talking about this before we started recording actually but there's, there's two two things is is one if it's not going to be but i mean by design if it's not going to be the same sort of scale and type of show as it would be in a normal year are we going to you know for those of us that have rolled over free out tickets is that going to be it's not going to be the same value no and if it's going to be a much much smaller show much much reduced i think realistically i can't see there being much of a static from the point of view that are the air crews going to want to fly a plane over they're not they're surely not going to be able to just mingle with the crowd um no. And if that's the case, are they going to want to fly planes over where they go and sit in a hotel room for a week and that kind of thing? And if it's going to be a reduced show, then the free air tickets will be worth a lot less. And is there then going to be an option, perhaps, to roll free out over to next? Excuse me, to next year um, for a more for a fuller show, and then. Um, have the option of just going to this one as a perhaps I, I would do it as a weekend rather than a full week. It depends what's there, maybe. But I, 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 I'm sort of keep going. The question is: Is that going to be a thing? If it's going to be a smaller show, is there going to be an option to do that? Because I don't really want to then pay what would have been a full free at price for a less for for, for half or even smaller show, maybe. Yeah. Well, you're not getting. You're just. You're simply not getting value for money then. Yeah, that that's I an issue. Think. So roll it over, roll it over, or give us a discount on next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd be interested. Not just that, I'd be interested to see how the free app setup would work this year if we've got things like social distancing. Because the grandstand is it going to be a case of you have a space between each person in the grandstand? Like you know, I can't. I can't imagine these these grandstands to hire for you know, a long weekend, particularly cheap, to then only fill it hot. I, I, I don't know. I I can't understand how it's going to work in terms of that as well. If what's, you're sat in three hours. The, uh, the capacity, the, the daily figures. I can't have no show. idea. Sam? For the whole show? But, yeah. Um, somewhere in the 70 to 80,000, I think, generally. Maybe maybe edging towards a hundred thousand, but I think it's generally about one hundred and fifty thousand across the whole weekend, which would put it at about seventy five on each weekend day. So it's a lot of people, and that's what I'm saying about the static. You've got, uh, and obviously there will be there will admittedly be a much reduced, you know, foreign audience attendance. I would mm. imagine this year, um, which I would I would wonder how much you know people coming abroad for it makes up of a, a normal crowd, but. Are the air crews, you know, bearing in mind all the whatever restrictions are going to be in their countries, because the UK is absolutely storming ahead with vaccinations. There are going to be lots of countries looking to attend that are going to be behind because the fact of the matter is that sort of the poorer the country, the the lower down the ladder they are for for vaccinations at the moment. Um, And if you're looking at the likes of Eastern European countries or, you know, sort of maybe getting optimistic, African and, and, and... I don't know South American countries, but but any, anywhere sort of eastern, particularly eastern Europe, because that's the most likely. If they're not in a vaccination program, 
Are they going to come to the UK and have their air crews mingling with people? Are they going to be testing every day? They're presumably going to be having to test when they arrive. All that sort of thing. And that's the point where just as a scale, it starts getting massive. And you have to wonder what risks they're willing to take. Because they can't can't be interacting with hundreds of thousands of of people over a weekend. No. And, you know, you you imagine that you've got three three air crew on a on a uh, tat stand handing out patches and coins and t-shirts to well, this of... is it I, I, it's, I can't it's not going to work tat stands um no. and at, at that point are they just parking the, are they just parking the aircraft on static and then disappearing for the week are they going to be you know there at all over a weekend is there going to be any sort of interaction and i'm not saying that's it, it's a write-off if that's not the case because i'd rather have planes there to be there and see them and oh, it's, you know i'd rather see planes than not but just at what point does it become less of a show through necessity that if you've rolled over tickets you start to wonder would i rather carry them over to next year and just buy a ticket to it for a day or for a couple of days mm. and I, I don't know what what are your thoughts Another th- so another thing. If the show goes ahead, sticking with the static stuff, we are going to have likely to have less air. So, so let's say for talk's sake, um, the crew. I, it's a given that there's going to be less. Yeah, show. yeah. I, I think we can't. Um, how is it going to not so not so much work, but how are they going to? And so sorry to interrupt you, Dan, very quickly, but I, I think it's worth mentioning this. What we're saying now will apply to any other major show that goes ahead. The likes of something like Yeovilton. Yeah. Cosford probably less likely because it's a bit early, but I, I, I gather Yeovilton is still making a decision. Um, but they, there's been no announcement yet. And I just think it, react through its size and sort of determination, is probably the most likely to go ahead if it does. But this sort of apply And Legends, I think, is, is, a, is a valid, yeah. same conversation to have. No, absolutely. Um, I, I, as you say, react, react being the you know, the one that's the biggest and stuff, um, which is probably why we're, we're discussing it most this evening. Um, yes. But in terms of you have a reduced number of static aircraft, what do you do? Do you, I'd be interested to see, I presume they'll just space it out along the air, the apron available. Um, you know, it would be a hell of a long walk with not many airframes if, if that is the case. Um, It'll be interesting to see how they would choose Participation as well. Would you turn a nation yeah, down in favour of another? Would you turn a town in favour of another? Yeah, like a like a, a quality well, of quantity. Can, I don't know how you can turn. I don't. I don't know how you would be able to turn stuff down. There's for, for me. There's there's too many ifs. There's too many variables on stuff. I think. Um, I I can't see it going ahead in. A, f- a decent form that I'd be willing to go along to this year. Um, hopefully, things will be better in 2022. But I, I just think there's you're reliant on too many people playing board and saying yes. When I think, see, each country's got their own agenda. Uh, I think it will come to the point where you just won't have enough to to make a, an air show viable. And like I say, the, the figures of the people that come in, you, you can't squash. Even even if it was twenty five thousand people, there's no way. If you're still socially distancing and that sort of stuff, you you can't do it at all. One big deciding factor for me is 
it's actually nothing to do with aircraft. It's more around the social side of things. You know, how many times over the last years have we sat far from you west? We've just sat next to each other and we've just done Same nothing but car. chat shit for three yeah. days. You know, yeah. chuck stuff on Dan's car. If <laughs> if we can't do that, sandwich boxes. You know, that 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 side of React is not a massive part for me. And if we can't do that, then would I enjoy it as much? No, would I, I feel short change yeah yeah i think that's the right word um i mean how how many times have we said that ria in particular but air shows in general it's the social side of stuff for us now that that makes these shows yeah, yeah it's like you know wandering around the static together um having a bit of a, a, a laugh and a bit of a you know like even even uh, but then again i don't know if i like you guys that much to not go and see planes Wow. Right, so I'm get out of this podcast. <laughs> no, of course. I mean, obviously, the main reason we go to React is aircraft. But is that enough for me to go there for five days and sit on... Not five days. Well, Wednesday, Wednesday through Monday. No, no, no. But that, that, that's yeah. what I'm saying. Not not five days. The, 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 the social stuff is what gets me through the arrival yeah. days and departure yeah. day. I couldn't do I couldn't do 100%. those days just sat on my own looking mm-hmm. at planes. I've yeah, have, I've mm-hmm. I've done air shows on my own. Or no, sorry, I I said I'll correct that. I've done one air show on my own. Um it was the old Sam air show in twenty fifteen. And usually I'm quite lucky and I'll bump into someone and get chatting to them. That was the only air show that I've done where I've been absolutely on my own and not spoken to anybody. And it was crap. Mm. And and that was a small mm. show because it was just, I wasn't talking to anybody. It was, I want to say lonely because there's people around, but it, it it doesn't have the same feel as when, you know, when we've been to Cosford and we've had a bit of a laugh and stuff like that. You you realise how much downtime there is in an air show. Yeah, that, that, that was it. I when mean, there was 20 minutes of nothing and it was me just 20 minutes scrolling on my phone. Yeah. And that's, that's the big thing for me. And, as I said, I'm not doing React anyway. React, React but... is a big show. Yeah. I mean, taking into account the fact it'd be smaller, but even then, I mean, it's still going to probably be bigger than most shows yeah. would be normally. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so this is what we were saying. If there was then an option to say, well, I want to do the full free experience yeah. next year when it's going to be a full show, but I'll still get a weekend ticket, maybe. i still go for a couple of days. And then there's a few of us saying, if that then becomes the case are we going to go to just go to max the next day in moscow go back to moscow hit up hit hit up okay going to give a big plug to a restaurant chain in moscow called lepimi varim which does the most amazing pelmeni you've ever had in your life imagine if they're listening to the podcast <laughs> anyway. go back there <laughs> oh my handlers are always listening so <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is Matt? No, that'd be good fun. Is is many are many international shows going to be going ahead this year? That's another thing. <laughs> Matt Max will go ahead. Russia will make. Russia won't <laughs> not do their show. I mean, like all the. I mean, we've you know we've got the Fertile, um, uh, you know, Melon. But the, I mean, bearing in mind Melon is quite a bit later on in the year in September time. But I'm trying to think. Have any other sh- any other big shows in Europe said? Do you know what? We're not doing anything. 
or is it all sort of um, to the be da- The Danish air show cancelled at the end of last year because um, they had postponed. Because obviously the Danish air show was meant to be at Carrop last year, and they postponed it to this year. And then they said because they there was not enough time for them to plan it, they have cancelled it for this year and are just going to do it next year as normal. Right. Um, I would be amazed if Laferte LA goes ahead, certainly in the first half of the year. Mm. And obviously Milan's set is making big noises about going ahead, but they were making big noises until about the week before they were supposed to go on last year anyway. Yeah. Um, and the only reason I would say I wouldn't have much faith in going ahead this year is that today France has vaccinated about five people. So, like, <laughs> literally, I don't know if France is going to be doing much stuff. Sanicole, they've got big plans. Yeah, Sanicole, yeah. Um, uh, and I won't say too much, but I mean, they sound like they've got, like, stuff. some pretty decent plans in place. Like, they, they've, they've got a few, like, different levels they can escalate to, depending on what state they're in by that point but I think Santa Claus is probably worth a shout going back to Milan they they're caning the announcements at the moment they've been about three or four this week yeah they're caning the announcements but it's there's nothing it's the same things as always like I would I would caveat it with that like they're they're kind of air show regulars it would be like react caning it with like the Belgian Air Force F-16 and the the RAF Typhoon and true Patrick de France and you know that kind of stuff like announcement you know they are making announcements but it's not necessarily things you wouldn't expect to be there just to say they'll be going it's when they announce um, the Sabre is when I'd be considering going Sabre ME262 yes that's my reaction to that um, so, but it's the ba- the, ba- the Battle of Pacific is their um, theme this year, isn't it? Uh... So I wouldn't expect much more beyond the World War Two warbirds, but Damn. but it does it does seem to be something that all French warbirds are going to turn up to. Yeah. Oh, actually, speaking of a French, a big French show that's not going ahead. Um, of course, uh, Le Bourget isn't going ahead. They they cancelled that late last year, I think. If I, if I... And the aviation industry didn't blink. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it, how a trade show has absolutely, you know, a trade show cancels and everyone's like, okay. From the enthusiast point of view, yes. I, I also think Paris and Farnborough, in industry terms, and I'm sure I'll get lots of hate complaints about this. Here um, we go. Are there any actual, actual IRL aviation journalists listening to this podcast? Maybe I'll get a, bit, a few words choose words from them i mean they, they seem to have dropped in prominence in the last decade or so anyway don't they farmers had a hu- huge fall from grace in my opinion oh farmers that farmer has gone from being the aviation show to the, the aviation trade show to who cares <laughs> no offense to anyone from farmer listening but actual offense what are you doing <laughs> um, oh i tell you I- get your act pull your socks up Sorry, just just going back to Sam. You were saying, you know, it's all the run of the mill stuff that's that's been announced for uh, Paris Airlash. But to be fair, they have they announced um, the Mark Nineteen that had the instant a couple of years ago as returning. Oh yeah, uh, and you know that's a cool looking aircraft, and I'd be pretty keen to see that again. When did it crash? Twenty seventeen, eighteen, twenty 
you saw it in... because it was after I, I saw it at La Ferte 2017 and then it crashed that year because it obviously wasn't at 2018. Yeah. Um, yeah, as you say, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But And that that's a beast of a Spitfire. Yeah. Griffin engined. Great scheme. Griffin engine with a bloody like Puma painted down the side. Like this, is it South? I think it's in Southeast it's, Asia it markings. Is, it is Southeast Asia markings as well. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant There's machine. A Spitfire without D-Day landing spot. <laughs> well, it's, it's not even the D-Day language. It's just not it's nice to see a Spitfire that's not in RAF markings. markings. Yeah, well, it is in RAF markings. So, oh shut up! <laughs> 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 no, but it just it. It's a Spitfire that looks different. <laughs> um, <laughs> off, to, off, off to a good start in 2021. Um, <laughs> no, it's an amazing looking machine. It was um, restored at... Arco. Arco. Yeah. So has anyone... This might be bordering on a question similar to what you had asked earlier, Sam. What's everyone most looking forward to aviation-wise this year? Is there anything that anyone's like, oh, I can't wait for that to happen? I'm just looking forward to seeing something. Yeah, I, I know I know it's very hard to answer that question considering we don't actually know where we're going to be in, in six months' time. But I've kind of got... It's strange. I've kind of got used to not seeing aircraft where I live and where I work. I'm on the flight path into Birmingham and when we had the first lap day and it was like... That's it. Everything's gone, and now kind of used to it. And if something goes over, just get on three sixty or something and see what it is. As you do, when you look outside and dash out. But I've found looking on some Facebook groups and things like that, and seeing what is going into Birmingham, I do have a look and see if there's anything interesting. And if there is something, actually, it's like, oh yeah, I might obviously pre-lockdown, I might have gone and had a look and tootled down as I did with the, mm. the mm. AN seventy-four that, that came in before Christmas but I'll just keep an eye on that sort of stuff I'm going to stop you there Ian it's an and 74 alright oh, alright and 74 <laughs> I knew, knew you'd pick edit, up edit that <laughs> edit that Ian I almost said but... ATR 72 so yeah. I was <laughs> I was part way there look my brain's not with it like the rest of me but, but yeah, it is a shame because I'm same as I live on the flight path to Birmingham and just now that we've gone into another national lockdown we're getting Twice daily and twelve nights. Ooh, noisy boys! That's lovely. I've been woken up a couple of times. Weirdly, wow. so I live now in central London. They route over central London a lot of them as they're leaving. I hear them. It, I've heard them going in and out um, of of Birmingham, sometimes in the small hours of the night. Yeah. Um. And 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 a lot of a lot of American Herculeses seem to route over Central London as well, which seems weird that they just go directly over the city. Obviously, Obviously yeah. about twenty thousand feet. But... I wouldn't give it a second thought. I never really did, but I've actually t- actually paid a lot more attention to say what's going into Birmingham. Really, mm. um, yeah, perhaps I've taken it for granted. Really, but yeah, it, it's just actually seeing what's coming up and if there was something unique or whatever. Uh, it's and it's a photographic opportunity. I, I, I dash out, I, and I think that's pretty much where I've got to at the minute. <laughs> There's nothing else. Mm. 
I think so, someone mentioned today that Birmingham Airport, although it only has two passenger flights today, it's still the fourth busiest airport in the UK. The rest of the time. I mean, th- th- that's where, I mean, I'm, I don't live a million miles. In fact, I live 10 minutes, 10 minutes drive away from Edinburgh Airport, which, you know, I would usually go and visit. But Edinburgh doesn't have anything. Well, it, ha- it has cargo, but it's, you know, late night, Royal Mail flights, West Atlantic 737s. Um, I can't remember the last time I went spotting. Um, I mean, obviously you can't at the moment, but... Um, there's there's nothing in. Where did you go, Sam? Um... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, he he Heathrow is still pretty busy. I I live under the approach and the two seven approach to Heathrow, um, and there's stuff going over all the time. Can hear it. Well, well, I don't hear it because it gets the you know it's so, it's so often still that I tune it out. Um, and do you know what else? I follow a lot of, or, or a few, like commercial pilots on Instagram, and they're still flying around loads. And I've no idea who they're flying or where. Must be a lot of cargo stuff. I'm not flying around loads. Why would you be, Dan? <laughs> I lost my job. It's nearly a year since I lost my job. But it's like I, a I year. Follow this, I follow yeah. a Tarom pilot on Instagram, and she's flying around everywhere. Well, um, so what a lot of airlines... Who are they flying? Well, what a lot of airlines have ended up doing is if they don't have a dedicated... Or they may have a dedicated cargo operation, um, but what they end up doing is they'll use the passenger aircraft as as cargo aircraft, so they'll just chuck right. boxes in, in the seats. So Emirates have been doing uh, 777 flights into Glasgow. They're empty... Uh, I can't remember on which leg, but they'd literally just take boxes and boxes of PPE in and out. And that's what a lot okay. of the airlines have been doing. Um, so a lot of the flights into Heathrow. So I know you may see a, a China Eastern A330. It won't have mm. passengers on board. It'll just mm. be literally brimmed with cargo. Amazing. And that's what a lot of airlines have been, one, keeping pilots current, two, keeping aircraft, you know, flying and three making a little bit of money out of it i mean they're not they're they're making huge losses yeah um like the commercial without without talking too much about commercial aviation it is completely tanked at the moment well well, except that i can only assume there is going to be a huge recovery towards the end of this year i think i mean fingers crossed obviously we're assuming that the vaccination programs go ahead and we, we start to you know it starts to tail off towards the end of the year but i can yeah. see a, a thing either end of this year or beginning of next year where there aren't going to be planes to meet demand because obviously all the airlines have absolutely you know shredded their fleets and then it's not just huge demand and people desperate to get away bring back the ba 747s well wow. <laughs> yeah it's i mean it's not you've got such a hole in a hole in commercial um, pilot employment as well at the moment. Um, there are the, the the market's almost oversaturated. Well, it is. It's oversaturated with pilots, but it'll reach a point where, as Sam's just said, people people the first thing people will want to do is get a change of scenery. They'll want to go to Tenerife or you know the Greek islands or wherever and just yeah. get a bit of sun. Because I mean, Christ, what I do to have a, a 
holiday with some sand. Hot sand, not Edinburgh sand. Edinburgh sand's crap. It's cold. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, fingers crossed it all sort of bounces back quite quickly. And the projections I've seen from, I think Nats did a projection. And the, the requirement for demand's going to be huge. It just depends when it happens because there's different forecasts for when, you know, how quickly vaccinations get done and things like that. Yeah. So my, on a personal note, what I want to see this year is, or what I'm looking forward to is hopefully getting a flying job. Whether that are happens you, Are you still know, current? But I'm still current, yeah. So I went out to, um, yeah, in fact, I, we, me and Sam, Sam and I did the podcast just before I went out. I went to Vienna to do my, to renew my type rating mm-hmm. um, at Lufthansa Aviation. Um, so I'm current until late February 22, 2022 now. If any airlines want to employ a Dash 8 pilot, I'm current until then. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm basically good to go. Um, I've done everything that I, I can do at the moment, just minus the actual physical flying at the moment. It's just waiting for a job to happen uh, again the, it, it's not going to happen at the moment it isn't going to happen for another five to six months so it's just wait and see but as I say hopefully by the end of the year fingers crossed a few more opportunities start cropping up mm. but you know as well when them flights are signed they're going to be in that, the airline's going to be absolute arsehole and ramp the prices up oh yeah price, price hikes for days well, it might balance out because then if there's if there's that much demand, then they might start trying to undercut each other to try and get the custom. I don't know. Maybe I'm being optimistic there. <laughs> I mean, there's certain places like I think Australia have said, you know, don't expect to come into Australia until 2022, I think they were saying, something like that. Really? I if, yeah. I don't, I, I don't know how much science there is behind that, but the, the, the certain countries like... Australia that aren't particularly keen on having tourists in anytime soon. I, mean, I can't blame them, but no, I, I, can't, I, mean, I mean, Australia and New Zealand have managed it so well. Of, of course, they will want to see it out properly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Sam, what are you looking I forward to? I just want to go to Belgrade. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> you. <laughs> <laughs> no, you want to the, see the N twelve. That's needlessly rude, Dan. <laughs> I'm, just quote, I'm just quoting the reg. <laughs> I don't know, Riyadh. If it goes ahead, I'm I'm thirsty for Riyadh. Um, who knows? Maybe I'll go to Russia again. Maybe we'll get away. Maybe I'll see some museums. Uh, do you know what? I want to go back to museums. Did you know? I, I, I was actually, thinking I about. I actually renewed my um, I renewed my De Havilland Museum membership today um oh, well done and i i never i didn't get a chance to go back once last year to see the new hangar um and hopefully i'll be able to do that this year but just in general museums i'm, I'm keen to get back to them and see what's going on with them i want to go down uh, to hendon actually i've never been have you ever been before no. if you if you yes. do let me know and i'll and i'll get I'll, some to take you I'll, I mean, obviously, it's just. Up, I mean, it's, I'm only an hour or so away, regardless. But it's literally down the road from where I used to live and where my mum still lives. So, um, it's very, very convenient for me to go. 
But yeah, if you if you do go once it opens, let me know. I'll, mm. I'll gladly go around with you because it is it's a really good museum. Yeah. Um, really good. You uh, can't road trip. Yeah, okay. <laughs> we, we did it to Cosford, so did it to Hendon. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to get back up to Duxford as well at some point. I want yeah. to. I'm, I'm trying to trying to um, blend it in with a trip home, but try and do the Yorkshire Air Museum at some point. I know I keep banging on about it in previous podcasts episodes, mm. but I really, really want to go to, just to see the Mirage Fall. And it's I really, been yeah, I want to go to Yam and Nam. <laughs> yeah, and um, what was it? Hang on a minute. So didn't just going off topic? Didn't New York Air Museum post a picture of their MiG twenty three that it was in a yes. film yeah. recently? Yeah, it was in um, Wonder Woman, wasn't it? No, that was a tornado, wasn't it? There was a a quote tornado in Wonder Woman, but I thought they said it was that was in Wonder Woman as well. Maybe I've got that wrong. Uh, Black Widow, Black Widow. Yeah, that was it. Su- superhero <laughs> film. I mean, all the same. Yeah, that's a bit close. No offense to him. Killed Ian. I don't know. I, th- I think I think things will happen this year. I've, I'm optimistic. I think I think I think up until June time, I, I think it'll be business as usual in terms of what it's been like last. I think as you say things things have to start. Surely they have to start picking up. Tell you what, I am looking forward to seeing planes wise down. What's that, mate? Oh, Buran. Two one four four. Two one four four. What about Belgian uh, Mirage Three and Thunderstreak? <laughs> on a little airfield, it's near uh, on a little airfield near, near some racetrack called Spa. So, so, so you know, you know, Dan and I are going to Spa next year. This year, this year for the for, we're going to we're going to the Belgian cool. Grand Prix. Well, uh, you know, f- fingers crossed, touch wood, all that. Um, and we're, we've actually managed to get a really, really like good price airbnb in the town of spa like 10 minutes away from the circuit and between the town and the circuit it's a small little grass airfield and there's obviously the the sort of airfield building and all of that and outside the building is preserved mirage i can't remember if it's a three or a five but mirage and uh f84 in you know belgian air force so obviously that's a you know very small little attraction but we're also planning on going to a few German Air Force, uh, German aviation museums um, in the same trip. Obviously, again, making big plans. Who knows? But um, going to places like Sinsheim and I'm not saying either one. I, was it, what was the I, I screwed it up in Spire, 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 where the the where the Buran and is. and the other one, which is the one that I pronounced really dreadfully in the previous oh, podcast. Okay. Well, it was Austerlungflug something, wasn't it? Bless you. Um, Flug Museum. I, I'm, apologies to any Germans out there. Um, but there, but there, but there's just another little aviation museum, sort of in that same area, which just has a banging collection of East and West stuff. Oh, actually, do you know what? I was for absolutely no reason. I was looking at uh, Bulgarian aviation museums earlier, and there's one in Sofia that has a, tor- a German tornado for no reason. Bit random. Bit random. Don't know why I was looking at museums in Bulgaria, but uh, my aunt and uncle live in Bulgaria. Been over there for some time, and my mum and dad have been. To, oh, been really? To visit. Yeah. The, the... What What took them over there? If you don't mind me asking. 
a combination of things, I think. I think they got sick of this country um, <laughs> for whatever reason. <laughs> yeah. Oh, gosh. They still draw the pencil <laughs> and that sort of <laughs> stuff. Wow. <laughs> yeah, I won't go into it. They got fed up of England, but they're still very patriotic when they're over there. Okay. Um, I just think it's a different way of life. Uh, they're in the, the 70s now. Uh, and mm-hmm. the house prices were so cheap over there for a reason. I mean, I, I, not not gonna, not going to lie, Bulgaria, Bulgaria is a. F- <laughs> well, <laughs> to move to they they live not far out of Sofia. Um, they were going to have some of their. Go- rent- Sofia is a gorgeous city, by the way. Uh, from what I gather, they, they've got a massive house and loads of land, and they grow their own fruit and veg and that sort of stuff. And the pictures I've seen, it, it is gorgeous. It's got their own swimming pool and stuff, and they they've got the climate to go with it. And some of their relatives were working in tourism hospitality because the skiing industry really picked up over there. And they've done quite well. Yeah. Um, so my mum and dad have been over to visit a fair few times. They haven't been in recent years. Uh, but uh, I think it was 2011, one time. Um, I can't remember where it was they'd gone to, but my dad pointed out, uh, he kept telling me, he kept sending messages back about all these places they were visiting. Uh, when they've been out and about, and there were just planes on poles everywhere. And he said they were, they were just yeah. full of museums and a, a lot yeah. of, I wouldn't say preserved, but there were aircraft uh, just in random well, the, places. Well, those, the, the socialist country, and it's not it's not exclusive to them by any stretch, the socialist countries were big on preserving aircraft because it was seen as an, it was A, seen as, uh, you know, monuments essentially to socialist technology, you know, achievements. But also just an educational tool, um, and I was going to say if you ever go out there and visit them, get—I mean, you probably want to drive, but it's an experience to get the train to go to Plovdiv, and then from Plovdiv go to Plovdiv Krumova Airfield, where they've got the museum there. And I don't know if you've seen, would have seen my Flickr uh, album of it. Um, banging museum, really, really good condition stuff. They've got MiG twenty ones for days. They've got um, yak. Is it Yak-23, the Flora? Yeah. Um, like one of the first jet fighters. They've got a couple of them. They've got just a be- really, really good collection of stuff. They've got a Sturmovic, an Il-2 Sturmovic in Bulgarian Air Force colours. They've got a uh, Yak-1B, maybe it was? Or is it a Yak-3 in... Um, sort of, it was like interim Bulgarian colours, so it wasn't the the star with the rounded inside. It was like pre-communist colours. They've got the world's only Arado AR one nine six seaplane. Really, really good museum. I'd recommend it. Um, so, but I would recommend if you're out there, there's there's some really good av stuff out there. Um, do check it. And there's there's an av there's a, or a military history museum in Sofia, which has a really good aviation collection as well but Plovdiv is the one to go to that was a really and and it was really interesting because all the planes there are on these sort of brick mounts they're all sort of slightly raised um and it, it they look I think they look really cool as like red bricks they look really cool it's a really really interesting presentation you mentioned random airframes at random museums Sam I think it was you uh you went to a museum I can't remember where and there was, was it an F-104 that was just randomly there? That wasn't Plovdiv, was it? Uh, Plovdiv, a Turkish F-104. That's it. Weird. 
So Evo Penchev, a Bulgarian guy, he's actually copper in London, funnily enough, um, who was the Ian Allen tour guide when Tom and I went to Max in 2015. And we stayed in... I went to, oh, I went to the Graphic Natievo Open Day with him in 2019. And he actually helped me out with the article because he translated a lot of the commentary for me. Um, solid guy. Give him a shout out. I don't think he listens to the podcast. But he was saying that in the Cold War... Bulgaria and Turkey were these two massive rivals. Obviously, Turkey was a major NATO power in terms of like inventory, and Bulgaria considered themselves one of the best trained um, Warsaw Pact air forces. So there's this huge, huge rivalry between them, and like both of them were like basically pointed straight at each other. And then obviously the the Berlin Wall fell, and and the Warsaw Pact dissolved, and all of that. And so they they you know part of that was you know exchange museum and i don't think they're on particularly good terms anymore but you know it's the balkans they all fucking hate each other um so yeah so it was the turkish f104 um trying to think what else i mean it's a fantastic connection really really was there's some very cool stuff there i'm just scrolling through your stuff now actually and i assume there's a bulgarian something in in whatever turkish air force museum there is as well I, I, and do you know what? It's a funny old museum because it's in the middle. Of, it's it's next to an airfield, but it's in the middle of nowhere. And you have to get a train. Um, I got a train from Sofia to the airfield to Plovdiv, which is literally just this concrete slab next to the next to the railway. Um, and the round trip cost me, I think, eighty p. Jesus. <laughs> oh, Bulgaria man! I know, dirt I, I, cheap. Everything to do. You've no idea. Um, an amazing country. I'm not. That sounds quite disparaging. It's a, a beautiful country. Like I had a beautiful, some beautiful, beautiful stuff there. Lots of history. Lots of exciting stuff. Very, very good. Like nightlife scene in Sofia as well. Really, really and Plovdiv. Um, yeah, and and the train only goes every once every hour. So you either have to do under an hour there, or you have to commit to like two or three hours. Um, so it's a bit of a funny honestly drive obviously but it's a bit of a funny old place highly highly recommend it it's awesome really really cool oh, man, just just to go bored at the moment what a what a novelty <laughs> I, I've actually missed I have mistaken photos I, I can't remember the last thing that I took a photo of whether it was that Ann 74 or <laughs> Ann, Ann 74 well, I, I haven't I can't even think. I, I did a, I know what you did mean. a wedding in August, and I think that that was it. So, thinking about what we discussed tonight, um, I know it's everyone's cup of tea, but I really would look forward to a night shoot or something like that. Mm. I was mm. look, putting some photos together for um, the Creative Aviation Photography Facebook group to do a theme every Friday. This week it's hangers and shelters, so I was going through some photos to submit for that on Friday. And as you do, you go through your photos and have a look and think, ah. Oh, God, I really miss doing this stuff. It's you know, only a couple of years ago, but yeah, itching to, to get out and do something just like that. It's been ages since I've, I can't remember the last one I, I did. Love me, I love mm. me a good night. Yeah. The, the threshold ones that they've done the last few years have been really good. You, you can't fault them. I don't want to do a... I don't want to do a classic Sam, but I think the last night shoot I did was in Brazil with the uh, Chilean. Oh, <laughs> you know what, Sam? Yeah. You're an asshole. And the, the Peruvian and Uruguayan A37s, but. Um, oh, yeah. I'm Sam, and I've been around the world. 
What a. What a. What a. What a. Actually, <laughs> the last last photography I did was film stuff. With, yeah. Um, yeah. This old Soviet uh, Lomo Smyrna 8M uh, camera, which was I've never used film before, and this was a, it's a particularly very very manual. It's even got a manual sort of sort of. Oh, listen to the action on that. Shuttercock. You have to. Well, that's it, and I took that out um, around London just on a walk out one afternoon. I managed to use up a whole roll of film. And I, I was expecting most of the results to be, you know, complete write-offs, um, because I've never used film before. Who knows what this camera can do, and all of that. And actually, the majority of them turned out all right. I put them on my Flickr as well, um, and so I really enjoyed that. And every time I've looked, every time I looked in, I thought, you know, I'm going to take it out this weekend. Then every weekend, I've just lain in bed, not doing anything, just watching the expanse. Um, so that was the last photography I did. Like, oh, I did get a new camera bag though. Ooh, Very nice. Yeah, lovely. This is good podcast. <laughs> yeah. Is that what it's made of? What podcast? <laughs> hey! Took um, me a while to get that one. Sorry. <laughs> Any other business? Are you, are you tempted to take your film camera to an air show? Would you, would you do that? 100%. Are you kidding? 100%. Um, I think. Would well, you remember there was a thread on the forum? few years ago a guy went to I can't, I can't remember who it was oh yes I remember I want to say it was no I, I want to say it was Kai Greet but I can't remember if that was who it was or not um, a guy didn't take a, a DSLR a digital camera he took a, a it was literally just a, you know a disposable camera to react and it was this brilliant, brilliant thread. Um, if I can find it, I'll put a link in the description because it was. I genuinely thought it was a brilliant thread. I, I remember that. Um, and it was it was very interesting because obviously it's a very different take on an air mm. show to what we normally see. Um, so I would absolutely and and uh, now I remember it actually my mate uh, Sophie came to react with me one year and she brought a. It wasn't the, not the same one I've got, but it was actually also a former Soviet camera which she got in Ukraine, and um, took some pictures there on film as well. It's an old film one, and obviously that was that was interesting to see as well. So I'd definitely take, particularly if I was going on holiday around Eastern Europe, I'd take it because that'd be awesome. But it's I, I, I don't know if you guys have ever shot on film, but it's 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 completely different like mindset you have to have. I, I don't know. I was thinking about this in when I was scanning some of my prints in the first lockdown, how I'd, I would have gone to Fairford or something like that, late 90s, and I probably would have had, I'd know, say six rolls of film in my back, and you think, oh, mm. is that enough? Is that enough? So what's that, like 200 and something odd frames you've got? Compare that to, like, 7,000 you fire off over the weekend or whatever. It's just, it's just crazy. Crazy to think, you know, you're limiting what, it's, you, what it's, you shoot. But... And, and this was the thing was walking around with it was it, it wasn't so much that I didn't know what I was doing with it because the, ac- the action of the camera is exactly the same as a digital camera, obviously. But you, you don't know whether it's turned out mm. right. And, you, and, you know, obviously it's a different, you know, physical, actual thing. So you, obviously what you know about light exposure and stuff you don't necessarily know about. But it is that complete unknown. As soon as the shutter's gone, you have to wait and see, see what happens. 
and that I actually found really, really interesting. Um, I'm trying to find that. Yeah, so you were saying obviously you'd have six rolls of film when you went to the show, and that that in that book I mentioned, I looking down the corridor, and I sent a screenshot in the chat, didn't I? Um, the Gatow Gato uh, chipmunk photographers said they would fly out on the chipmunk with about twenty rolls of film, with a further twenty to thirty rolls carried in flying overall pockets. The average sorter used fifteen to twenty rolls, which was five hundred and forty to seven hundred and twenty oh, frames. Jesus. I mean that's digital <laughs> shooting level, isn't it? <laughs> that's mad. I just found that um, it was um, Stu Weston that posted it. React 2015 with a disposable Stu camera. Stu Weston, that was it. No, 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 no offense. I knew it was one of the younger guys on the forum, um, and I couldn't remember if it was Kai Green. Yes, yeah, Stu Weston. Fair play, Stu. That was re- a mm. really, really. Cool it's great. Thing. It's so. I'm just looking through it now. Proper eighties vibes from it. There, um, there is something about yeah. a, a film print mm. completely yeah. different look mind you even there was uh, photos that um cjs put on a couple of years ago th- those were digital but it was just like a i say a point and shoot camera but it did a lot of static stuff on there yeah but they were brilliant but again it's the subject that uh th- that was in his mind i think and just and and, and the the imagination to think i'm not gonna take a digital camera mm. i'm going to take a, a disposable point and shoot and see what i get and actually they are quality photos in as much as they really actually do offer something different without without like sort of going down it too much does music because i've never used a film camera maybe I used a disposable camera when i was little but does using uh, a film camera make you think about t- the subject that you're taking differently is it because obviously you've inherently you can't take as many photos. So does it make you more selective of what you can and can't shoot? Yeah, 100%. Um, if you got like, like fast passes and that sort of thing, you like a full display, you're there, you, you can fire away machine gun style, can't you, digitally? But mm. you need to select. So you might even, with me, I think it was like just doing two or three, maybe, or something like that. And you've got to think about what is going to get the best picture? Yeah, and I think you know maybe a lot of them were just like record shots, really. Bearing in mind the the stuff that was at um, React's late mid late nineties, early two thousands. Funny enough, a lot of my digital photos with my first digital camera, like mid two thousands, whatever, they're absolutely terrible compared to some <laughs> of the the film ones that I got. It's crazy. Yeah, I was trying to find some uh, mm. of the. Uh, MiG-29 OVT um, the other day and I, why I cropped them to be just very very like letterbox style letterbox, letterbox. Oh, <laughs> what? it's like vignettes what was I thinking but yeah well that, that that's me in the 2016 where everything's at a 45 degree <laughs> angle yeah it, it's strange how the, the, the film shots that I did tend to be a lot lot better than my early digital ones um, yeah I got a lot of like static shots and say that they seem more like record shots but you do have to think more carefully i had a pentax camera which is really good uh, i found for um, exposing uh, aircraft in the sky it had a really good um, sort of exposure compensation mode on it so a lot of the photos were okay i think the biggest difficulty that I had was actually getting the focal length and the zoom uh, not the zoom the, the the focus 
when you zoom in um, and mm. the manual mm. zoom as well because you couldn't always whether it was just on the cusp of the end of the range or whether it was just on, on the infinity focus so some of them have come out sharp i've got some really good photos of the uh, f18 that ricardo traven did the um displays in some of those and that's supposed to be an unbelievable display oh, yeah it, it was really enjoyed that that those those really good displays then um mm. and it used to sit at the end of i'd spend one day this is when i was camping at fairford so like 2003 2004 um spend one day in the show and then the other day me and my mate pete would go to the end of the runway when you could sit down with your deck chairs and whatever and the aircraft would be coming right over underneath your head. Nobody would have batted an eyelid then. And so got some really good shots of, of things coming in. And, yeah, you, you do... I say you think about it. I think at the time, you, you don't know any difference. So no. you don't want to waste all your photos on... Um, let's say if you've only got, like, 200 frames or whatever, you don't want to waste them all on just one thing. But yeah. mm. if you just want to get one decent shot of, of something... And, yeah, you don't know what it's like until you get your films processed. Lucky dip or so, unlucky so from dip. from my perspective of, of coming into it, having completely started on digital and then trying film for the first time, if I found that I could be anything, it was that, it was that I could, you, you by necessity have to be less reactive. So with digital, you, you, you see something and within one second you can yep. take the photo of it. With a film camera, or, I mean... Obviously, by the end of the film era, you had film cameras that could do, you know, autofocus and set exposure and settings and stuff electronically. Obviously, with something like this entirely manual, um, it was a case of if I saw, a f- you know, I had to look for a frame that I knew, or sorry, a composition that I knew wasn't going to change within fifteen mm. seconds, because you had to sit there and had to work out, you know, the the shutter speed and then the aperture and all of that and then you have to manually cock it and do it and press it and all of that and and the focus and the focus actually probably more than anything is what um I, I was 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 new to me because i've only ever had autofocus and you know i've used manual focus and digital you know occasionally but that that exclusively manual focus was was mm. interesting um but you, but it's definitely definitely a different mindset because you you are you you have to sort of plot a picture a lot more than I guess you necessarily have to mm. with digital. Yeah. But I have only ever done it once, so I'm not really in a position to, to <laughs> make too much of a expert and I think, claim about anything. Uh, I obviously going digital now, if uh that there was taking photos of propeller aircraft and helicopters, I'd probably go generally like two fiftieth or something like that. Sometimes I might go a bit slower yeah. to get a bit proper and you can get away with it because you can just fire and you might get it in one out of 25 shots or something like yeah. that. And I think when I was shooting film, uh, yeah, probably a lot of the shots I've got, they are frozen props if they're in midair. I mean, the funny thing is this camera doesn't go above two, 250. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to that, though. Oh. It sounds like... How good does that like sound? A... That is something you, that that sort of visceral nature of it you don't get with digital. Oh, it's like the sound a Dom will know what I'm talking about. Um, the noise that a gear 
makes when you change gear with a metal metal gated H box mm-hmm. on a classic car. Oh, oh I'm laughing. Twenty five quid that that camera. Bargain. Cheap as chips. Absolute bargain for something I only bought as a little novelty, and then it realised it was in complete How old is it? order. It's tons of those little. Uh, I think the ATEM dates yeah. back to the eighties. Be interesting. I could be wrong. I mean, that's without. Be interesting. Yeah. But... Um, be interesting to see what you come out with when you take it to an air show. I I, I definitely mean. To, I mean, if I'm more, I'm more likely to take it out in a city than I am or a museum, an show. maybe. But I'll definitely, or a museum. I think I'd rather take it out in an Eastern European place just because. Yeah, it feels right. <laughs> Get arrested for spying or something. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I'm crazy. I, I, I felt like I had something to say there. <laughs> and I didn't. <laughs> um, if I lost connection again, but... a good moment to wrap up. Yeah. Um, I dreaded that I get arrested for spying. <laughs> um, as you can tell, I mean, I mean, do you know what actually? This has felt like being back at Park and View West. Oh, I, I have missed this actually. That—that's what this—that's what tonight has felt like. Has just been chatting shit with you guys. Felt like being back at Arrival. Uh, all it's missing is my Fiat Panda with some crap on the front of it. I <laughs> I can't remember. Was it twenty nine? Was it twenty eighteen? When I just took. All of the rubbish out of my car and stuck it under Dan's uh, windscreen wipers. I've still got a photo of it. There was a, what was it? You'd had ham and Which cheese sandwich, a leaflet from Yeovilton. Oh, I was fuming. Oh, I, was... I think there was a water bottle or two. Oh, I, honestly, that was a work of art. <laughs> it wasn't. Um, you can find us on all the social medias at UK Air Show Review. I've got to stop saying all the social medias because it's not, it's three of them Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, the website is airshows.co.uk where you can find all our reviews of past shows and maybe there'll be even be something new on by the time you, you go on next. Um, and then the forums, forums.airshows.co.uk. Hopefully we'll be back soon with some more plain chat. Maybe we'll be talking about models next time like we promised. And catch you again soon. Goodbye. <laughs>